Hey, yo, my quality control captivates your potty patrol. Whoa, 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 whoa. Julian, what, what? Julian, we start the pod on podcast with a quote, not a song. Oh, my bad. You said to find something on quality. My bad. All right, here's one. Be a yardstick of quality. Some people aren't used to an environment where excellence is expected. Steve Jobs. This is the Pod On Podcast. We're your host, TJ Bonavitura, that's me, and Julian Lewis. That's me. As founders of a podcast media company, we had to start a podcast. So join us each episode as we and our guests drop knowledge on podcasting for you, the curious and scrappy podcaster. Welcome to the Pod On Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about recording etiquette, how to make sure that every podcast that you do is going to be its best possible quality, no matter your environment. And TJ, before we dive into this, I do want to say that you know we do want people to be able to just record and speak their voice. However, as you are really diving into this podcasting thing, what's really going to captivate your audience is having that that quality. So. TJ, like, what are the things that people really need to focus on when it comes to quality? Yeah, I think first and foremost is understanding the type of equipment that you have and what you have access to. There are a lot of different types of mics out there, and we'll do another episode when we get specifics into the types of mics. But at a high level, there is condenser mics and there are dynamic mics. What we're using today in the studio are Shure SM7B dynamic mics. This will make sure that we can record in more of an open space and the quality will be much better. Versus if I was using a condenser mic or something like a Blue Yeti, I need to be in a very controlled and conditioned environment to make sure that my audio is going to be good. And then, of course, there's like little tips and tricks with each mic where you want to be, you know, three fingers or a fist away, depending on the levels that you've set with your equipment. So little things like that are really going to help make sure that your quality is going to be consistent throughout the entire show. And TJ, I feel like, you know, with a lot of people at home and, you know, our Airbnb experience where we're encouraged people to launch their podcast from home, what is the best practice for the environment in which they're in? Like, is it going into their closet? I feel like a a lot of people go into their closet. Honestly, it's not a bad idea. I first recorded in my closet when I was living in New York and I had the idea for Studio Pod back in the day. The reason why that's beneficial is because the clothes in your closet you know, will able to give it a little bit more conditioned and soundproofing that you wouldn't have if you're doing it in an office with high ceilings or a conference room at work. So think about that. And the dirty little secret is mics can only do so much. It's more about the environment that you are recording in. So keep that in mind when you're deciding any place in your home, any place in your office, any place where you decide to, to make a recording. Yeah, and I think it goes without saying, like if you have a dog or if you're near a major street, Make sure, one, you're not by that window and make sure that you put your dog up or you're in a completely separate room where the closet is in which you're recording from. But what other tips do you have for folks in terms of etiquette? One, be prepared, which we've talked about in plenty of episodes previous to this, but doing some warm up. Get on the mic, start a conversation. If you're by yourself, just start talking out loud, maybe reading out loud. If you have a guest, just get on the mic, get comfortable with the headphones, get them comfortable with the headphones, get them comfortable with your voice. Really just don't go in cold. I think too often we see clients that just want to come in and just record and they don't take the time to really get the energy 
and get used to getting into a podcast or they don't take the time to get the energy levels up, especially with a guest that they've maybe they don't know or someone that they're recording with for the first time, you really want to make sure that you guys are meshing and vibing for the most authentic feel possible. Yeah. And like in terms of warming up, you know, batch recording is my thing. This is the third episode we've done today. And I started the episode by singing, you know, so that was my way of warming up by having a couple of other episodes. And before this, you know, TJ and I were just like talking, you know, catching up, you know, hitting our checklist of things that we want to do to help grow Studio Pod before we just jumped on the mics and started recording. I think a big thing to remember too is this isn't live. Too often we see so many hosts out there or podcasters out there put the pressure on themselves of understanding that this is going to be live and it needs to be, they, they all need to be one take Tonys, right? They all need to be done in one false swoop. It doesn't need to be the case there at all. Fourth wallet, let your guests know they can fourth wallet. If they don't like the way they answered the question, if they don't like the way you asked the question, if you don't like the way you asked the question, say, hey, I want to do that over again. With the magic of editing, you can remove it. You have the benefit of having post-production on your side. So don't feel like you have to be a perfectionist, even though many of us are when it comes to getting on the mic, especially being on the mic for the first time. A quick anecdote to share. We had some folks in the studio the other day and they were having some problems logging into the software tool that we were using to record remotely. It didn't feel like their momentum and vibe was really meshing because of this start and, this start and stop nature. But at the end of the day, you have post-production on your side to make sure that it's still going to sound good. So this is the same for if you wanted to re-record something or, or fourth wallet. Yeah, and TJ, you talked about remote recording. And I know we've touched on this a little bit when we had the Squadcast guys on, but do you want to talk a little bit about like when you're doing remote recording, let's say you're in the studio, but your guests are not, like what would you recommend to the guests that you're having log on? Yeah, a big part of the etiquette here is try and do a test run before if you can. Doesn't have to take more than five, 10 minutes. Give them the link, whether you're using Squadcast, Riverside, Zoom, whatever it may be. Get a feel of what their condition is going to be like. Preferably do it with enough time so they can make the appropriate changes to make sure the quality is going to be there. And that will really help for the day of. And for the day of, make sure you schedule in some cushion beforehand. That way, when it comes to the actual recording, you make sure everything's good and you're not wasting, if someone only has an hour and a half worth of time, and that's how much you want to actually be recording, you probably want to book two hours of time just to be safe. Yeah. And in terms of like headphones and the way in which that they're logging in, you want to make sure that they have the headphones. Like that's first and foremost, like that's, that's key. But are there any other things that they should be thinking about? And, you know, you mentioned both Squadcast and Riverside, and I know that both of those send out kind of tips and tricks. So making sure that you send those to your guests, I think is important, but is there anything else that they should be thinking about in terms of equipment? Yeah, definitely want to have headphones no matter what. 100% always have headphones. If you're going to be filming, make sure that they are aware that you're filming and you're going to be doing more of a video cast style podcast. Let them know if something was to cut out that it's okay to log back in. None of these tools are perfect. A lot of it depends on Wi-Fi, which is another great example of what people should be thinking about. Yeah. So, I mean, there are tools for you to test your Wi-Fi and maybe just have your guests run a test. And, you know, if it's below a certain threshold, like maybe see if they can go in another environment where they do have better Wi-Fi. Or if you're doing it via like a Zoom, for instance, which a lot of people do, maybe have them turn off their camera because sometimes that helps to boost the quality of it. A hundred percent. And I love that you said that because this is a, a personal thing that I deal with. Whenever you and I aren't in the studio together recording and we're on Squadcast or Riverside recording, 
I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at me as I'm recording. And that makes it very difficult for me to focus on what the hell I'm talking about. And I find myself rambling. A lot of people have the same sort of feeling. It's hard enough hearing yourself in the headphones and hearing your voice. It's another thing to see yourself. And now you're all distracted with what's going on. Get rid of all these distractions. Make sure that you are in an environment that's going to make you succeed with the authenticity that you want to create. So Julian, another thing that we always recommend, a lot of people don't like it because it does put in more work and it, it kind of can be embarrassing is re-recording. What would you say to the benefit of re-recording and why one would want to ultimately re-record? Yeah, I mean, I gave my numbers for my podcast when we were talking about the goal of your podcast. There's about 160 downloads a podcast. I'm in the top 50%, don't judge. But, you know, one of the lowest amount of downloads that I had on a particular episode was an episode in which I recorded in a restaurant. And this is before TJ and I met. This is before I kind of knew the best practices. And I just didn't re-record it. I just left it. Using a Yeti microphone, I think. No, no, actually, this one was like a handheld recorder because I was sitting at a restaurant with a, a couple of friends of mine. And, you know, I think I felt like nervous that I couldn't ask them to re-record, but like in hindsight, like I think they would have been completely on board with them because they're, they're homies of mine. But I, I just think you can't be nervous about doing that. And, you know, when we were meeting with the guys at Big Swing, when they were on the podcast, they talked about doing just that. Yeah, they had an, an episode where it just didn't feel right and they decided to re-record the next day. If it's you and a co-host that you are doing consistent episodes of just you two or you three or you four without a guest, definitely leverage this as much as possible. Make sure everybody has the energy. Make sure everyone is feeling good about it. It is going to be a little bit more difficult if you have a guest, but I think you'll also be pleasantly surprised saying, hey, I think we could have done better or I think we could have done this section better. I went back and listened. Why don't we give this another shot? Let's try and answer this a different way. Let's try and approach this question a different way. Yeah, and we did it. I mean, we we tried to record remotely when COVID first hit and the vibe just wasn't there. It was a long week. It just, it, you know, now that we're in this, the studio together at a distance, it's definitely better. But we've also recorded a couple where we were remote and it was better because now we knew that we really need to have our energies up and we had to do it on a day that was good for both of us. Yeah, and just don't put anything out there that you're not happy with, right? Like if it's adequate, maybe you should think about it. You maybe should be like really happy with not just the content, but how it sounds. So think about that too when you're when you're thinking about overall recording etiquette. Yeah, and the only other thing that I would say, and this might be common sense, but I know that it happens all the time. If you're offering your guests a drink while you're podcasting, just make sure that they're not slurping into the microphone. And you know, one thing that I love about Studio Pod when I first came in as you know a customer, TJ had these like felt coasters, right? And so the table that I'm sitting at right now is metal. And I have a metal water bottle. So you can imagine every time I pick up my, my bottle and set it down, you know, it's a sound that could get picked up. But now, you know, because there's that felt layer in between, you can't hear it. So that, those are like the little things that you have to be cognizant of. So I don't think we necessarily need to run back through that entire list. I think the, the basic premise of this episode is like, if you really are invested into this and you want to improve the quality, listen to this episode over and over again and start to check off the little things to help improve your quality. You're right. I don't think we need to run through the list, but if there is one thing that I want to really just harp on and I tell all of our clients is it's not live. Remember, it's not live. You do have the magic of editing on your side. Now, there are certain things that you won't be able to edit for, perhaps like being in a restaurant and there's a dog in the background and you're doing a handheld recorder, but like understand you have an opportunity to redo it and it's not live and you can make changes as necessary as you go through. Spot on.
Every episode of the Pod On Podcast is produced and edited by Studio Pod Media. For more information about our work and our clients, go to studiopodsf.com. Shout out to Gary Oakland for the fire track. Gary O!